0: Hello again, Tom Walker, Massac Unit One. Today is Tuesday, November the seventeenth. We are here recording episode twenty-six of our district podcast, and we are going to do a little bit of a different format here, more of a question and answer routine. And I am once again joined by our superintendent, Jason Hayes.
1: Thanks, Tom. I think uh, the f- you know frequently asked question kind of uh, setup here will work better or format because of. We really don't have any new announcements. We, we sent out all the announcements last Friday kind of abruptly, and now we've had some questions coming in like why did that happen, Why you know what, what did you base your decision upon, things like that. So I think if we just go through some of these questions we've been receiving, that may help out and may answer them for other folks, and then hopefully uh, as we proceed we can uh, maybe have another podcast and get out ahead of this a little bit more proactively. The problem is everything's changing so quickly right now, with COVID and the response to COVID, uh, especially in Massac County, that's uh, it has been kind of hard to keep up with.
0: So our format's going to be, I'm going to sit here and, and kind of uh, interrogate, if you will, uh, Jason. I have a bunch of different questions here that we've, um, again, been, been asked by uh, our parents and different members of the community and, uh, you know, just people in, in Massac Unit 1 itself. So uh, before I uh, go any further, is there anything you would want to say before we dive into
1: these? You know first of all we just want to say thanks for all your patience and your flexibility. We realize none of this has been easy. It hasn't been easy on us either and making these decisions is not fun. I I really don't know if we're making the right decisions all the time. I think we're just trying to do what's best for our students and staff and parents trying to keep everybody as safe as possible. So our goals have been from the get-go trying to keep everyone safe and healthy and then number two, for trying to provide the best uh, learning opportunity or environment, uh, given the restrictions and current situation that we're under with COVID, so uh, that is constantly changing, and that's one of the reasons we've changed. Now we've only had to change directions twice, I think, since we started. If I'm, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, but we started out in a hybrid mode. We switched, uh, there, was it in October, to the four-day-a-week mm-hmm. non-hybrid, and then now we've made one more. So we've made a total of two changes since we started. Right. So we, we are trying to limit how many times we pull the rug out from everyone and make a, a change in plan or change in schedule. But uh, we felt the need to make another change last Friday, November 13th, and that's what we're here to talk about.
0: Okay, so question one. Uh, why did we decide to go full remote learning On Friday
1: November 13th I think that's a very good question and one of the things that we were privy to uh, that the rest of Massac County or a lot of other people in Massac County may not have been is we were getting positive test results in rolling in on Friday during the day Uh, and it just felt like one after another after another after another and we were trying to keep up with contact tracing within our schools Uh, we were picking off different staff members uh, that were testing positive uh, and these were positive tests, not just quarantine. So what we were receiving on Friday, uh, and we have been receiving more of our are actual positive tests from students, positive tests from staff. And so it, it finally hit Massac County. And on Friday, for whatever reason, and you can look back on the data now because it's actually posted on the IDPH website. And we have that on our, the link to that website is on our dashboard that's on the main page of our website, uh, as well as the actual data is on our dashboard. But uh, looking back now, it, it justifies what we were hearing and, and feeling on Friday. There were 25 positive cases in Massac County alone on Friday, uh, which is uh, really high. Uh, the The highest number uh, for the whole month of November other than, than that Friday was uh, 15 uh, on the 10th, and so... Every, every other day has been one positive case, two positive cases, six positive cases, and, and then all of a sudden on Friday we just had 25, and we didn't feel like our ability to uh, uh, have school throughout this week was going to – I just didn't feel like it was going to work. I, we probably could have had school on Monday, but I really felt like we would be shutting everything down on Tuesday or Wednesday uh, because of all the positive tests and all the quarantining we were going to have to do. So by going to full remote on Friday for the entire week this week, we avoided that. Um, it was abrupt. It was kind of a, a, a last-minute decision because of the data that was coming in, but we felt like it was the right move so that we could do it and at least give parents a couple of days to prepare rather than try to go Monday and then maybe have to make the decision on Tuesday like today or, or even on Wednesday.
0: Okay, so I, th- I think you've covered most of that question, but another little piece of that same question is how did you communicate this decision to close or go to full remote learning uh, to parents. Yeah.
1: And I think we tried to send all the communication out at once. It was Friday afternoon and things, like I said, were coming in really fast. uh, And so we tried to get, get that out there. I met with the principals, we talked through it. uh, And then I also talked to all the school board members and then we started sending out remind messages and emails to all the parents through Alma, our student management system and through the remind text message system. And so we sent all those out Friday afternoon, rather quickly. uh, And then we sent out reminders, uh, I think, over the weekend and and Monday morning. But we posted, we tried to directly communicate with the parents rather than just put some posts out there for the general public so that the parents themselves, we could target that audience uh, and try to move quickly. We just didn't have time for a lot of the uh, the debates and arguments over social media on this decision I realize it wasn't a a probably popular decision in all households and it's not something we took lightly but we tried to communicate directly to the stakeholders themselves
0: Uh, next question how long will
1: we be on full remote learning status that's a good question Uh, typically most schools are going two weeks at a time Uh, we decided to go three calendar weeks because of the thanksgiving break that's next week Uh, So it's really only two extra days that we're missing of school, Uh, so it's two weeks technically and two days, school days. However, we didn't feel like it was smart to come right back on uh, November 30th with school, having just had Thanksgiving break. Personally, I know they're asking families not to get together for Thanksgiving and to just celebrate with households, but personally I don't feel comfortable with asking families to do that. I feel like, um, you know, families are important and Thanksgiving is an important time to get together with your family. So I don't feel comfortable saying you can't, you know, asking our, our parents not to do that. And so I, knowing that a lot of people are going to get together, including myself with some family members, uh, we didn't feel like bringing everybody back in uh, on Monday, November 30th was a real good idea because there won't be time for symptoms to arise if, if it is, you know, there if we have exposures and and transmission of this virus. Uh, well, hopefully that extra week will allow for some of those symptoms to arise and people to get tested and we can avoid that. So our plan is December 7th, uh, to return on Monday, December 7th, in-person learning. Now, obviously that's subject to change. All of this data from COVID is, is changing rapidly. And since we've made our decision to go to full remote, our seven day testing uh, average, our positivity rating, our average rather, is, is continually rising. So. Uh, on Friday, when we made the decision, it was 17.8 positivity. And on um, Saturday, the 14th, which we, was just reported today because it's a couple days behind, it was 19.3%. Uh, and if you remember, when we first started this, we were 7% and we were creeping up on 8%. And then we creeped up uh, over 8% over the threshold, but we were staying in 8.4s and, and going up to 8.5, and then we've, we slowly hit 9. We're double that now. And in just a matter of days, it doubled. So we're going to have to watch those metrics and see. I think it's just responsible for us to uh, cancel in-person learning while, while the positivity rate is so high because the, the odds of transmitting this to students and to staff and then subsequently to um, parents is a lot higher than it was when we started.
0: I'm um, going to move on a little bit. What are we doing with extracurricular
1: activities during this full remote period? It's a good question. We've we've tentatively suspended all extracurricular activities. There really wasn't a lot going on. Uh, there's been this big debate about high school basketball. Uh, the Junior High Basketball Association has, has already postponed their season and moved it to January. High school has not yet. Uh, the IHSA is actually meeting on Thursday to hopefully decide something once and for all. I know there's been a huge battle back and forth between the governor, the Illinois Association of uh, High School Athletics, And uh, even the Illinois State Board has weighed in on this. So uh, we'll see where this uh, lands on this one. I don't think anything's going to be canceled. I do think it's likely that basketball will be postponed given the data, given the surge in positive rates and positive cases in Illinois across the state and especially in our region. So we'll have to wait and see how that shakes out. Uh, But for now, nothing really is happening, and we're kind of at a wait-and-see Uh, If they move ahead, the IHSA moves ahead with basketball, then we will have to decide, uh, the school board will have to decide what we are going to do as a district, and we'll probably be in communication with all of our conference schools to see what the other conference schools are going to do. I've already heard from several of them uh, that are leaning towards not participating in basketball, even if the IHSA says it's on. Uh, because the governor has said no, because the Illinois State Board of Education has said no, and because the Illinois Department of Public Health has said it's not a good idea. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see how that is. But for right now, we don't have any extracurricular activities going on. Uh, The the only thing that really may, it's not really extracurricular, but it kind of falls into that category, we still are allowed, according to the Secretary of State, to uh, perform behind-the-wheel driving um, for driver's education. Uh, And so we're going to continue that as long as we feel like we can do that safely. It's on an individual student basis. It's not in groups. uh, And we have to disinfect and clean the cars after every drive. uh, And we have to make sure we're keeping our driver ed teachers safe and healthy. But as long as we can continue that, we are going to continue that. But otherwise, everything is on remote.
0: Uh, moving on what are we doing about student meals during this remote status period
1: that's been a a huge question you know back in the spring time we delivered a bunch of meals we had uh, checkpoints or delivery drop-off points and we had a lot of staff that were uh, participating in the delivery of that um, that whole meal distribution process and we're not able to do that right now because For right now, we're still focusing on student learning. So most of our, uh, all of our teachers are performing remote learning activities. Of our teacher aides are also participating in some of these. Some of them are leading Google Meets, online meetings. Uh, So we just simply do not have the staff. So our cooks are working. They're preparing their normal meals. And if, if there's a family out there that would like to pick up meals, you can sign up at any of our schools you can simply contact the school. Some of them have uh, put out reminders for Google Forms that you can sign up to pick up a meal. Uh, we are asking that you actually come to the school, travel to the school to pick it up, but we have kitchen staff that will be there to make sure that there are meals available out front, and we're doing that from 10:30 to 12 30 at each of the sites. So anybody that would like to pick up a meal, we simply ask that you let us know ahead of time because we're trying not to waste a lot of food and prepare extra meals that we would have to throw out, but if you can sign up or call your school, contact the school and let them know that you are going to pick up a meal. You can do that from ten thirty to twelve thirty. We just ask that you do that daily uh, and let us know daily, so we'll know how many meals to prepare. But you you do not have to go to all the sites. If you have kids in Unity and in junior high at high school, you can simply go to one site and get you know three meals. I mean, it just you just got to let us know uh, where you are going to where you are going to go and every day that you are going to pick one up.
0: Okay. How will attendance work for students during full remote?
1: Okay, and that's, that's going to work similarly to how it worked when we were on the hybrid schedule. When we were the A, B, you know, group A, group B, any day that uh, any student group was on remote, they had to log in. Had, and there was an attendance form. A lot of them are using Google Forms for attendance. Uh, some of the teachers have other activities that they're using for that, but simply they have to log in. And we are trying to provide more structure this time, and I think our staff is going above and beyond trying to uh, set up times so they can actually perform synchronous communication, you know, real-time communication with students. I know we watched uh, Mr. Kennedy today at Metropolis Elementary School uh, teach his third grade class online, um, and we were able to uh, view some of that. So I think we're trying to do a better job of that. We're just asking our parents to try to As much as possible, uh, have those Chromebooks that we've given those students available and uh, the Internet connectivity, if at all possible, to be available so those students can log in and participate in that synchronous uh, real-time communication during the day.
0: Um, uh, We can address that question now then, and then we'll, we'll circle back. Uh, what do we do about any internet connectivity issues?
1: And I think you could answer this one. Obviously, Tom, you've been working on that. Uh, I don't know how many we have left, but we still have a lot.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, one thing. I, I'm getting, We're getting a lot more requests for the hotspots. Um, I think we've distributed uh, 30 or 35 more these last couple of days. Um, so we're, we're trying to get those ready. We still have plenty available. Um, just uh, communicate with your building principal um, if there's a need. Um, again, they're not perfect. Uh, that we do realize that there are certain spots in the county where the signal is just not good enough for certain things. Um, they may work, uh, you know, enough to hop into Google Classroom and to maybe do an assignment or to get on a particular website, but they may not be good enough for a Google Meet or maybe a a YouTube video might take a long time to load. Um, so there are, there are some issues there. We're aware of that. Unfortunately, there's not a lot we can do. Um, but, um, these things do work, uh, you know, fairly well. Um, and if there's any uh, issues with Chromebooks that have been handed out, um, you know, because those are starting to trickle in as well, again, just communicate that with uh, your child's teacher or the building principal, and we can work on uh, getting a fix or, or, or replacement if need be.
1: And I think it's just it's important to point out, I know you've done this several times on our other podcasts, but this point, and at this point let's point out that those hot spots that we're giving out are – cellular hotspots so they require cellular uh, signal or cell tower and i think uh, the only ones that we were able to purchase up to this point have been t-mobile or uh, there's a couple of them that have yeah, gone to t-mobile
0: sprint and sprint. They, they generally
1: use the at&t towers is that what it is yeah. like, they're not verizon so that's good and bad. There are a lot of spots in the district where uh, the T-Mobile or AT&T towers are much better than the Verizon towers, which is what I have for a cell phone, but then there are also some dead spots. So if you're in one of those dead spots, there's really not a lot we can do. I know that there's always an opportunity to go to the, one of the school parking lots. I don't know if we've mentioned that lately, but you have the hot spots turned on there so they can sit in the parking lots of most of our schools and get on the internet, uh, correct? Yes,
0: and, yeah, That's still that's still an option. Um, and you know, uh, we can still try to work to expand that a little bit. If there's, if we certainly see a need for it, uh, we will certainly keep working on that as well. Um, so we do have some options, and I know there's other places. Again, yeah, I think
1: there's a lot of places in town that have really uh, gone out of their way to help us with that. I know you can get on at the Metropolis Library, and some other businesses in town uh, have opened their Wi-Fi up mm-hmm. uh, to allow f- for that. So uh, there are a lot of options out there. Uh, but if you need a hotspot. Like Tom said, just reach out to your building principal. We'll, we'll get one in your hands. And for the most part, these work yeah, fairly well. They I work. Mean, they, work they do work
0: pretty well. And, you know, we've handed out over 250 of them. And, again, we've had a, a handful of issues and have had to, you know, either swap them out or, uh, or just try to address the fact that, yeah, there are just some real low or no signal spots in the area. And, again, as you said, not a whole lot we can do about that. Um, believe me, I would love to be able to fix that for the county, but <laughs> yeah. um, that's not in my wheelhouse, and that's certainly not in my not in my power. But
1: uh, yeah, that's definitely not within our our uh, circle of influence no. there. But I I do think the state is is working on expanding broadband internet connectivity in these rural areas like our county, so maybe that'll be fixed sometime soon. But that's beyond the scope of what we can do. I think.
0: Well, we're going to finish off here. I'm going to circle back to this question in regards to um, uh, student uh, assignments and assessments. So how will students complete assignments or assessments during this full remote
1: period? Yeah, and I think one of the things I'd like to start with before we get into how they will do that is just the overall expectations. So we've been working with our staff. I think um, we've We've kind of had different expectations on and off. You know, this is our first, this is still our first rodeo here with the remote learning. We started back in, uh, I guess it was April trying to do some of this. And then we really didn't have the ability to uh, do full virtual remote learning until uh, the Chromebooks came in August. And so now we're really trying to figure this out. I think one of the things right off the bat I would say is the expectation has to be a little different than when we have regular in-person learning. And the reason for that is, and and you can disagree with me here, because obviously this is not an absolute answer or an absolute, you know, there's no absolutes here. But I think in my mind, if you take the teacher out of the equation... Uh, from the physical presence of the students, you're going to lose some of that instructional power, that instructional capacity. So I feel like the expectation for student learning has to change some because the students are going to have a much more difficult time. Even if it's remote learning, even if it's through online meetings, real time communication is still not as good as being in the classroom in front of the teacher. Uh, and I don't believe that the learning can can continue at the same pace, uh, at the same level through this Remote learning. I mean, Tom, you can. You're a tech guy. You can weigh in on that if you'd like. That's my personal belief, just based on what I've seen so far.
0: Yeah, and, and again, I, a lot of that goes to we're all brand new with this. Uh, we've only had these Chromebooks in hand and distributed for about three months now. Um, so, on the, if you look at it from a, a timeline perspective, most of those three months we operated on a two or four day mm-hmm. in-person schedule um, so there was not a lot of full-blown everyone's in remote status um, this is so this is really our first kind of brand new trial. territory yeah. so yeah well, I fully agree with that uh, as far as it's kind of a slowdown you know mm-hmm. let's try to kind of see where we're at
1: mm-hmm. Well, if, if it's kind of cliche, but less is more, you know, yep. that's what we keep. So we're and I'm not saying that this is going to be perfect now because we're, we're just now having these conversations with teachers. But in the in the concept of less is more, we would rather teach less and make sure kids learn it and retain it than try to teach everything we normally would and just kind of throw it at the wall. And what sticks sticks and what doesn't falls to the floor. We, we're We're really trying hard to figure that part out. But I think it's safe to say, and this is just common sense to me. But if remote learning was as good as regular in-person learning, uh, there are a lot of places in this world, not maybe necessarily Massac County because of the limited connectivity issues. But there are a lot of places in this world where they simply would not have in-person school and they wouldn't have been doing it for years now because the capability is there for in, you know this remote learning, virtual learning, e-learning, whatever you want to call it. They have the ability to do this. I think it's safe to say it's not as good. Otherwise, everybody would be doing this, and we wouldn't have regular brick-and-mortar schools in some places. Right, and uh, I, there there have been
0: a lot of articles out there that I've, I've read, um, you know, just basically stating that, you know, and we've seen the data ourselves, the uh, you know, remote learning comparative to, you know, face-to-face traditional instruction, just not the same, you know, and grades really you know, suffering and um, you know, certainly not one of our, certainly not our first, uh, not our
1: first choice to be here, but. uh, Well, that's, that's kind of the ironic part here. We are talking about, you know, how this isn't as good and this is what we just decided to go to. So, I mean, the the point is uh, we're going to make the best of this situation. We realize, I think now that the expectation has to change. We're working closely with our teachers. And what you have to understand is our teachers aren't just trying to, uh force all this on the students and just take a break that's not the idea our teachers care about our students learning they feel like it's important and they're trying to they're trying to accomplish as much as possible given our our current situation but i think we have to change that expectation a little bit we have to take a good hard look at what we're doing and especially during this time of full remote which i hope is a brief period we're we're approaching this as a short-term uh, solution to the rising of uh, positivity rates in the Massac County area but you know we'll have to wait and see and uh, right now I just looked uh, we currently have um, I believe it's a total of 144 uh, staff and students still uh, quarantined um, not necessarily all positive but that's a uh, that's a lot of folks that are quarantined and they within that there are a lot of positive uh, students and I think overall Uh, and and this just keeps going up so we were trying to track this and and be as transparent as possible with this data but we've had 25 confirmed students that have been positive that we know about thus far and we may have missed a few so it's probably likely higher than that and 17 confirmed staff in Massac Unit 1 and that's a lot more just within this last week that's doubled Uh, and then all all together uh, I think we've had and I'd have to look to be sure but I think um, uh, All we've had three hundred and eighty something quarantines, um, you know, and so if you look at that a district's perspective, we've had almost a quarter of our total students quarantined at, at one point uh, in the school year. And it's just getting to the point where uh, we're getting so many quarantines, it's hard to continue with in-person learning. So that was another factor in the decision. But we're gonna continue to monitor this. And one thing I would say, I forgot to put this in our notes, Tom, but if parents could continue to reach out to our schools and let us know if if there are students that are quarantined, Uh, or positive we're going to try to continue to track this data even though they're not in our classrooms we need to know about this to make a better or a more informed decision when we start looking at coming back on December 7th so we're going to have to take a good hard look at this data again on the week of November 30th and start trying to prepare uh, and figure out if we can feasibly come back and return to in-person learning or not and we need to we need our parents help on that we really need to know how many students are out there uh, because because of HIPAA issues and privacy issues, we may or may not know about students that are positive right now since they're not in our class, which is a, is a problem. So.
0: Well, is there any other questions that we want to cover? I think we, we hit our bullet
1: points here. Yeah. you know, those are the main questions that have come in. I'm sure there are others out there. Um, I think it's the one thing I can just say is we're going to do the best we can. Uh, none, none of us wanted to go to this. I, I don't think there was a, a teacher or staff member. I know there was not a board member or administrator that I talked to that wanted to go this route, Uh, but again, we felt like it was, the timing was that it was time to pull the plug on our in-person learning, at least for a little bit, uh, because we just didn't want, at the end of the day, we don't want anyone to get sick uh, because of us, and I know there's other people out there that have posted on the district web page or Facebook page that feel like, for some reason, we do, but I can promise you, uh, you know, if you just look at the reputation of Massac Unit One and how the staff has gone above and beyond to help kids, to help families, whether it's uh, assistance, whether it's you know during times of need, uh, getting electricity turned on. I have seen staff members uh, get you know provide money out of their pocket to make sure the electric is turned back on for families to help out with Christmas time. You know, we've got a big food drive going on right now to help families during Thanksgiving. Uh, I think the reputation of Mass Tech Unit 1 speaks for itself, um, and that is just not the case, what some people have said, that we're just trying to get everybody sick and we don't care. We do care. Uh, it's just we feel like education is almost as important, not quite, but we do feel like it's of the utmost importance to educate the children because we feel like it's their future that we're dealing with here. So we wanted to stay in as long as we could, and we felt like we had to pull the pull the plug on it for this week and for next week and the week after. uh, So three calendar weeks, actually only 12 days of school uh, total that will be out. But that's just wanted to set the record straight there. And you don't have to believe me, but uh, just talk to any staff member out there. And I'm sure that you'll find that there's a reputation that speaks for itself among the Massac Unit 1 teachers and staff. Well, uh,
0: thank you for listening and have a great day.